You're listening to Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. Yes, Barnaby is loving this. <laughs> no filter. You have no filter. <laughs> that's quite obvious. That's true. That's you a good thing. Just say whatever comes into your mind. Yeah. You don't really modulate your yeah. feelings at all. Yeah. Too. It's a good thing for me, but it's a bad thing for water. But I would go by the bench, uh, the Islanders bench when he was there. I'd be like, I don't even have to fight you because your fucking whole team hates you. So I, I don't even have to go there because you know everyone fucking hates you. And I said, you suck coach's balls from what I hear. I heard he was the biggest ball licker ever. Yeah, he, he was had his nose and he coaches balls all the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, not many guys like him. Now, here's Matthew Barnaby. Welcome, everyone. Hope everyone is well. This is Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. I'm your host, Matthew Barnaby. You can follow me on Twitter, MattBarnaby3636, or on Instagram, at MattBarnaby3636. Feels like I start every podcast complaining about the weather. I'm going to do it again. It's been awful up here in Ottawa, Canada. I think everywhere in uh, back east it has been bad. Hope where you guys are. It is a lot better, and for those golfers out there, I, I'm, I'm a little jealous. Hopefully you guys are hitting it a little bit more than I. Hopefully patio weather is for those who enjoy the old cocktail outside. Certainly not that here. I have not even been in the backyard, and we are into June right now. A great week. I, I went to uh, Game 2 of the NBA Finals. Thought it was awesome. I, I've been to Super Bowls. World Series, U.S. Opens, obviously Stanley Cup Finals. But the NBA is like the WWE. There's actually characters. And they, they kind of take on certain roles and there's a lot of trash talking that goes along the way with fans and celebrities. You see more of a celebrity status in the NBA. The rappers and the actors. And obviously right now in the forefront is, is Drake, a huge a huge Raptors fan, a little bit over the top sometimes, sometimes acts like a, an idiot, but he does have passion and absolutely loved him wearing Curry's dad's jersey for game one. I didn't really like him hugging and massaging the head coach, Nick Nurse's back as the game was going on, but uh, he's certainly so passionate and the whole country of Canada right now has uh, has jumped on, on board. In Toronto was crazy. The bars, the restaurants, Jurassic Park outside the arena. The in-game w- was incredible. I mean, the excitement that was there for Game 2 was, was, absolutely, was, was absolutely incredible. I can't, it can't go understated because I'm not the biggest basketball fan. And it was probably the best sporting event that I've been to for a final. It, w- it was that exciting and so much going on. Obviously, the music, the rap. They have a, they have a, a DJ uh, with, within the arena during timeouts and during the game. Uh, Flo Rider <laughs> was there. That guy doesn't give up a gig. I don't think he's ever turned down a gig, but I think he could have been, been a little better. But uh, the entertainment was good. My bets sucked. My bet sucked. Usually I judge a sporting event on how I do in the betting. I bet the raps. Eh, lost. Shouldn't have went to the bathroom or got that beer. Start of the third quarter. I think I went to the bathroom. And 
I was up six. Raps were up six on Golden State. Came back, they were down five or seven, something along that way. So that was an expensive, expensive piss or a really expensive beer. The $20 beer was, turned out to be about $700 beer by the end of it. My curry bet on over 32 and a half, eh. Doesn't get a fucking point in the first quarter. So I was chasing that all game. He ends up playing really well, but doesn't get the over. And Siakam, Pascal Siakam, I had him over 18.5. And he had 32 in game one. His best game ever. But I thought he'd he'd carry that momentum, that confidence. Nope. Couldn't get over. So I I went went 0 for. I I was horrible. I was really horrible. I'm blaming Dean Blundell. Because I put my bets on Twitter, so everyone, I, I don't want people thinking after the fact, this is what I bet and this is what I made. I want to I wanna be full disclosure and everyone know exactly what I did bet. And he pretty well called me the schwami because I had been doing very well. I went 0 for 3, so I, I figured Dean owes me about $700 right now. Awful. What an ass. What an ass. Stay away from my Twitter Bets, Mr. Blundell. Great week. Great week. I'm a little tired. A little tired. But uh, even with the weather, the, the NBA's on. NHL finals are on. We got golf coming up. We have the U.S. Open next week at Pebble Beach. So as bad as the weather has been, the sports have been that good. And I think it. that's why I'm not as upset as I probably should be. NHL Finals. This has been like Tyson Holyfield without the ear biting. Without Tyson gnawing off the fucking ear of Evander Holyfield. It's a heavyweight matchup. Two great teams going at it. Two different style teams. A little bit similar in the dynamic of their teams and how they deploy their players. But one's a more finesse team in Boston, a little bit more skill. And St. Louis is a drop the puck and we are going to fucking run over you type of team. But it's funny, through four games, it's been complete opposite. Game one, Boston, dominant. Deserved a win. Game two, St. Louis, dominant. Deserves the game. Game three, undisciplined by St. Louis, dominant power play, dominant all over the ice. Boston wins and deserves it. Game four, again, tit for tat, punch for punch, whichever way you want to go. It's it, it, it's It's been a series about resolve and response. St. Louis finds a way, like they have since being in last place on January 3rd. Find a way. They don't get rattled. They come up with their best game of the series and absolutely dominate the Boston Bruins in game four. So now it's a best of three. And oh yeah, the captain, Zdeno Chara, might or might not play. At first it looked like it was just like teeth that he he took, uh, a pass or shot that went off his stick, hit his own jaw. And he comes back with the bubble. Looks like he's going to play. I don't think anyone at the time thought it was a broken jaw until he did not play the rest of that game, the rest of the second period. 
and he had a third period. Last 36 minutes of the game, he did not touch the ice. That's when we knew it was definitely a lot more than just teeth and some stitches. Because that bastard will play through anything. He's as tough as you get. I am curious to see if he does play in Game 5 with a broken jaw. It's been done before. Derek Stepan's done it. Jeremy Roenick's done it. I, I can't imagine him missing if it's feasible that he can play. If it's just pain, I, I don't see him missing. I, I really don't. And I, I thought about this since the, the incident happened. Is it just pain? Is, is, there, is, is, is there further damage you could do? I don't think so. I think the hardest thing would be breathing. I think the hardest thing would be eating, getting enough energy in your body, especially when you're 6'9", 260 pounds. It probably takes a lot of, of food to, to give you the energy to be able to play. So sucking out of a straw, protein shakes, getting ready for game five could be the method that he takes to get there. So I, I'm curious. If, if there's a guy that's going to play with a broken jaw... In this series, Dinochar is the guy. But it's been it's been a great series. It's been one of the best series I can remember in the fact that these guys are just going at each other. It's been so physical. I'm sore watching. But it's been great. Now it's the best two out of three. I, I thought Boston was going to run away with it after what I saw in Game 3, the dominance of the power play. But the resolve from St. Louis, the coaching from Craig Berube, the play of Petrangelo and O'Reilly, Tarasenko, uh, is next level. So we have a series. I mean, we have a series, and I, I think it's going seven now, but really curious to see what happens to Zidane Chara. My guest today, he'll be on in a little bit. God, I fucking hated. God, did I hate this guy. Fought him three or four times. Pretty good fights. I'd say he got the better of me in these fights. But definitely some good ones. Very similar in size. But I didn't like him. And I I don't know why I didn't like him. Maybe because he was just a pain in the ass. But he was always, I'd say quiet, but he always answered the bell. And he he, he wasn't afraid of anyone. Wasn't afraid of anyone. But I got to meet him at an event a few weeks ago in Pittsburgh a poker tournament for CBS that we did with a bunch of former Penguins. And I loved him. I loved him right away. Aaron Asham is going to be my guest today. NHL veteran of 15 years and drafted by the Canadians. Uh, great guy. We, we just hit it off right away. And I, I looked at him. We were telling stories and just about playing and junior and, and all of that. And I said, you got to be a guest on my podcast. He said, anytime you need, anytime. And then I texted him a couple days ago. I asked if he could do it today. And he was, he was all in. So he's got some great stories. Tough guy. Tough, tough guy. So excited to have him on. Sean Avery. Everyone knows I fucking hate this guy. And I actually went on Twitter because someone said, you should have Sean Avery on your podcast. Unfiltered. Sean Avery is unfiltered. And I agree, he is. He's also a fucking idiot. Like, call a spade a spade, right? If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. He's a duck, and not a, not a good duck. He, he's one missing feathers and one that obviously swims in circles, goes one way. 
but he's a different bird. And I'd love to get him on. It, it wouldn't be your normal, it wouldn't be your normal interview or talking stories. There's a lot of shit I'd love to ask him about how he treated people along the way. And then maybe he could tell his side of the story. But I tagged him on Twitter. We're going back probably a month ago. Said he's welcome on the podcast on Matt Barnaby Unfiltered, Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby, anytime he wants. No response. So I don't expect that because I think he knows the questions that I will ask. And I don't think he wants that response. But if anyone wants to tag him again on Twitter, I'm in. I will have him on any any day of the week. Not afraid one bit. He just better be ready. And I'll be ready too, because I'm sure he'll come back at me. He's opinionated. I'll give him that. His take on Kadri Truba calling himself the real insider. Come on. Fucking guy so far out of it and acts like an idiot. Kadri for Truba. In theory, it makes sense. But I think Toronto would have to give up a little more than Kadri to get Truba right now. So, Sean, if you want to come on, floor is yours. Floor is yours. Come on anytime you want. Just don't act like an idiot. I hope you've smartened up as you've got older. I know I have, some days. But treat people with respect. And maybe you'll get a little little love along the way from people. And people won't think you're such a jackass. Because they do. They might not say it to your face, but they certainly say it behind your back. I'll say it to your face. You're a jackass. Drambui Island today. Can't wait to talk to Mama B. Haven't talked to her in a while. I'm sure she's watching Stanley Cup Final. Get her opinion on that. Play a little Fuck, Kill, Mary with her today. Haven't done that in a while. But uh, should be a great show. Played four years in Red Deer. 15-year NHL veteran. Drafted by the Canadians. 789 games. 208 points. Over 1,000 penalty minutes. From Portage La Prairie. Where the fuck is Portage La Prairie? Welcome. Right in between. What's Winnipeg and Brandon, bud? Winnipeg and Brandon? Yeah, right in the middle. My guest today, Aaron Asham. A.A. Ron. Where are you? Where is A.A. Ron right now? No A.A. Ron, huh? Well, you better be sick, dead, or mute. A.A. Ron. Here. Oh, man. Why didn't you answer me the first time I said it, huh? Huh? I'm just, you know, I'm just asking, you know, I said it like four times, so why didn't you say it the first time I said A.A. Ron? Because it's pronounced Aaron? Son of a bitch! You done messed up, A.A. Ron! A guy I fought a lot, a guy I didn't like at all. I'm telling you, not not at all when I played against him. I don't even know why. We we, we fought a few times. Aaron, I don't know why I disliked you because you... You didn't chirp all that much. You just let your your toughness speak for it. Um, just describe your game and and just coming into the league. But uh, yeah, we had some battles. You you were a, you were a tough fucker. Yeah, we did. Have, we actually had some really good battles. Uh, I felt the same way about you. I don't know uh, what it was. You were a chirper, a little bit of a chirper, but uh, I don't know. We just uh, we just butted heads when we played. But uh, you know, I was. Uh, Started off in junior as actually a goal scorer. I was, uh, you know, close to uh, averaging 70, 80 points a year, and you know, I was still fighting. But 
you know, once I got uh, drafted in Montreal and uh, went there, I kind of really had to change my game. And, you know, uh, the goals weren't coming as easy as they were in junior, so I had to do something to stay in the league to actually make it into the league. So I had to uh, turn, turn to my physical game and, uh, you know, scrapping a little bit more than, uh, than what I was used to. How many times a year in, ju- in junior did you fight? Because you had 77 points, uh, then you had 96 points, then you had 92 points. And the last two years, you had 45 and, and 43 goals. And I-, I scored in junior, and I had to adapt. And some guys can't do that. Some guys just want to play one way. And I'm sure you wanted to be a scorer in the NHL, as I did, but figured you're going to do anything you can to achieve your dream and, and make money and-, and stay in the league any way you can. Well, yeah, that was that was the thing. Like, uh, I, would, I, I guess I would average ten to fifteen fights in, uh, a year in junior, but uh, but yeah, you, you know, I had to adapt. My, you know, I wanted to play in the league; it was a dream of mine, and uh, you know, I was willing to do whatever it took to uh, to make it. And uh, you know, it was less scoring and more of a checking role, and uh, uh, using that physical and uh, you know, sticking up to my teammates and you know, creating a spark whenever I could. How was who who was uh, your your childhood team? Obviously, my my team was the Montreal Canadiens. So I was I was hoping to get drafted by Montreal, and I played my junior in Quebec. Quebec Nordiques would have been certainly something that would have been a lot of fun. But Montreal was my team. Who was your team growing up? I was a Jets fan and an Oilers fan. You know, being uh, so close to Winnipeg, I got to go in there a few times and uh, and watching games. So I was a I was a Howard Chuck fan, and uh, you know, Jamnoff and Salami when I was younger. So. Uh, but uh, by the time I got drafted, they just left. So uh, Montreal was—they weren't even on the radar. I had no clue at all they had any interest in me, and it was a huge surprise because uh, they definitely weren't one of my favorite teams growing up. Take take me back back to your your first camp in in Montreal uh, when we came into the league, and you came uh, in in ninety eight, ninety nine, ninety seven, ninety eight. You were in Fredericton for a little bit at the end of the year, it looks like. And then, uh, then Montreal, but just take me back to your first camp, tough guys that were there and, and just your first thoughts when you, when you got to camp. Well, I was, I was so nervous, you know, I just turned 18 and it was my first NHL camp and, you know, I was gung ho to do whatever it took. And, uh, I, I kind of knew Tucker from like rookie camps and, and, you know, that sort of stuff. And, you know, we were friendly and stuff being from the West and, you know, he, uh, I don't know what happened, but he took a nice run at me in uh, an inner squad and uh, whacked him. And you know, I was like, "Let's go!" And we had a we had a nice tilt and uh, you know, a couple black eyes and cut cut him off the head. And you know, I was really my first pull. You know, first like here you are. You know, guy that I was friendly with. You know, I had to you know do what I had to to you know to be noticed. And uh, you know, it, it was quite intact. You you went to Quebec. Uh, you played in Fredericton. You went to Quebec and, and played uh, in the AHL there. Uh, how many times did you get over to the Dago Bear? And did you say any hi to any of my old girlfriends uh, from my playing days there in junior? Oh, jeez, I loved I, I loved my time there. I wasn't there long, but I was I was a big fan of the Dago Bear. We actually had a rookie party and we ended up there. Uh, uh, my actually uh, my my first year in Quebec and. Uh, what a place that is! Just great restaurants. Great. It's like you're in Europe, down in old uh, old Quebec. I just enjoyed my time there. Great, great facilities there for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's it's a sick sick spot. Um, I wanted to ask you the weirdest thing. I I, I never knew this, and I, I knew the teams that you played for. Obviously, I played against you. 
uh, almost your your whole career. You, you ended up playing longer. You came in a little later than I, and then and then played later yeah. than than I did. But I, I knew all the teams, but I never put it together. You played for every Atlantic team in the league. Yeah, I was the first guy to do it. First guy, every team. I, I I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I was uh, I don't know. It, it was crazy. Just every time it was. You know, draft, it was a uh, signing time. It seemed like uh, it was either Flyers or the Penguins or, or someone wanted me. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it was basically a real easy travel. I'm, I'm based on Long Island now, so it was it was easy for me to go, you know, to Philly with a couple hours. It was a little bit of a, an hour flight. So, you know, everything was really close. So uh, it would have been nice to head out west and, uh, and check it out. But, uh, you know, I had a great time in the East, especially the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's funny because Pat LaFontaine, who I played with in Buffalo my first year, Dale Howarchuk, when I was a rookie, was there as well. A tremendous person. You said you, you grew up uh, loving him and, and yeah. loving his style. He's just a great person. But Pat LaFontaine went from, he's the only guy to go from Buffalo to New York to New York, never have to change his driver's license. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, scoring. Yeah. Sc- scoring a goal for every. Guy is, oh, awesome. He, 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 he's amazing. Yeah. A, a lot of guys, Aaron, you know, stay, I, I don't want to say they stay clear because you always go to where the contract is and where the money is, but all things being equal, try to, because there's so many guys that you might hate or, you know, rivalries that you had, whether, you know, the Islanders and the Devils and the Flyers, the, the Penguins, the Battle of PA, there's just so much. And the Islanders and the Rangers, I mean, there, you, you went to some of the teams that had the biggest rivalries in, in the NHL and some of the craziest fan bases how was it going from team to team because when i went to new york uh, me and eric lindros just fucking hated each other i mean i hated them and i go there i end up being his roommate and and love the guy i think the guy the guy's an awesome guy how was it going from team to team was there any ever any guy that you went there and you disliked going in you still you thought it would be hard and, and it changed the way it is or was there ever a time that you went there and and didn't like a guy and still didn't like him when you left uh, well, it was with it was Matt Cook going to Pittsburgh. Uh, year before, when I was with Philly, we used to have some great battles with Pitt. And there's this there's this one scrub, and I jumped on his back and you know gave him the face wash, and the fucking bit me, bit my hand. So I lost my mind, and I was cracking him in the back. Fucking, I was I was trying to literally break his neck. I was so fucking mad. And then that summer, I signed with with Pitt. So first camp, I, I I sit there and I'm sitting down with 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 Cookie with with with, with Matt and he, he he came straight out and he's like, hey man, I just want to apologize for fight for last year and you know water in the bridge, you know we're here to win and blah blah blah. So you know I thought that was good by him. He came and apologized about it and you know uh, actually come up, he's, he's actually a pretty good dude though. But Matt, he's uh, <laughs> he definitely played on the edge and uh, everyone fucking hated this guy, but. Uh, He's actually a pretty good dude, and, uh, you know, I'm glad he came up and apologized and, uh, you know, let bygones be bygones, and he's now my teammate, and, uh, you know, I'll go to war for him. It is amazing, because people think we're fucked up when we fight each other and we see each other in a bar, we'll be the first guy to go over, and if I would have met you at the time in a bar after, I would have bought you a beer, and I'm sure the same thing for you. Is is there any guys that you played against that you that you wouldn't have bought a beer um, after you fought or, or played against? Uh, you know, I, I, the way I play, I would just leave it on the ice, you know, uh, 
I'm I'm pretty easygoing guy. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a part of our jobs. Yeah, I hated you on the ice, but yeah, I would have seen you at the bar for sure. I would have had a fucking beer with you, and you know, got to know you a bit. But uh, you know, that's that's what we do. That's what we were trained to do. And you know, you got to leave it on the ice. You can't be fucking mad at other guys. You know, guys you don't even know. You know, guys you play against. You just water under the bridge, and uh, you know, I'm. I'll, for your size and you're you're a similar size to me uh a, a little bit you played a little bit heavier i think you played at just over 200 i played at about 190 192 anywhere in that range but relatively uh the same size and the guys we had to fight were were so much bigger and, and you're you're very uh, i want to say understated underrated on your toughness uh because you weren't you weren't afraid of anyone uh, despite you know, not being six foot five, two hundred fifty pounds, but you were very calm in your fights. Uh, who who was the toughest guy you ever had to go against, or anyone that you were a little bit nervous? Because I know Brad May was a little nervous at the poker tournament. When you told him you were going to bitch slap him, but he had twenty five. <laughs> he, he, he had he had he had twenty five Manhattans in, at him in the time. Oh yeah, uh, I, I guess really. Uh, it, it was just a heat of the moment. And, you know, there's there's a few times where I'd go and thinking, like, oh, geez, I'm going to have to fight this guy. But, you know, lose a, lose a few hours sleep about it. But, you know, it, it was it was a part of my job. I had to do what I had to do. And if it was George Harris or if it was Colt Moore or if it was you or, you know, someone, I I, I would just go out and, and, and do it. And just uh, the way I guess I was brought up, I just, any challenge comes to me, I'm going to face it and, you know, win or lose and, and lose a job, hey. At least I stood in there and uh, tried to tried to uh, hold my ground. Grow, growing up, was was there a lot? Of, did, did you fight as a kid? Like I, I was, I, I grew up. I, I grew up poor, but I didn't grow up in in neighborhoods where I where I had to fight. I was kind of a city kid and kind of sheltered from that. Were, were you a fighter as a kid? Did you did you have to protect yourself where you were? Oh yeah, I I grew up. Uh, my my family was very 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 tough. Uh, also. You know, a lot of a lot of criminals as well. You know, a lot of them spent a lot of time in jail, and you know, running with the bikers and all that stuff. So I, uh, yeah, I was not too bad on the streets. Uh, I probably uh, I don't know, two hundred, you know, one hundred and fifty street fights maybe around there, something like that. That's <laughs> a cool. lot, a lot that I, uh, more than I expected. It just seemed like wherever I went, it was always someone trying to, you know, trying to fight or. Yeah, your brother beat me up. You know, what are you going to do about it? Or your cousin. There's always something to do with my family. So I'll stick up and stick up to myself. And there's times where <laughs> the, the bouncers at the bar would just block off this one area and me and my little brother fighting 10 guys. It was just <laughs> like just crazy. Just punches, punches, punches. And you break for a minute or two and you get right back into it. It was just nuts. It was nuts. People don't. Uh, <laughs> don't realize the uh, you know, crazy shit that I've been through and what I've seen and what my been through. It's not- I'm, I'm going to get into a couple of those stories in, in, in a little bit. Uh, and it, it must have been actually a relief fighting in the NHL because you have a referee to break it up if it ever does go bad. <laughs> you got someone to step in. When you're, when you're on the street, I've been in a few as I got older. And like I said, it was it was yeah. bar fights, and my my cousin was like 15 years old and pissing in people's pitchers, putting ice in, it and then trying to sell it, and they'd come back. And I hung out with Dan McGillis and a bunch of hockey players, eight or nine of us, so they'd come to beat up this 15 year old kid that I brought in illegally into the bar. And again, yeah. uh, he'd either you know 
piss on someone or tell someone to fuck off, and then they'd come back for him. But he was like 112 pounds. We had to defend him. But I always said, like, going on the at least I had a ref there if it went just the worst possible way. One, one guy that didn't have, or fortunately he had someone to come in and step in, and those of you that have not seen this fight, uh, just just go to YouTube and Asham J. Beagle. Take me back to that fight, how it started, and uh, your celebration is legendary, buddy. Yeah, we, we we always had a big robbery with Billy when I was in pit. And uh, I guess it was Beagle's first year in the league, and he took a run at LeTang and got a little high, ripped his helmet off. And I just stayed over there and, and, and told him, I was like, hey, if you can do that again, you know, you're going to have to fight. You know, people think I went over there and challenged him and stuff, and I just went over there and said, hey, man, you do that again, we're going to go. And he's like, let's go right now. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And, uh, well, everyone knows, well, most of the people know the ending. I uh, knocked the shit out of him and KO'd him and uh, had a little celebration at the end, which, it, which I felt terrible. Once I got in the dressing room, I was just, it was just, I just felt awful. I didn't know, didn't realize he was, uh, he was that banged up, but I did feel, I actually feel pretty bad after I reached out to Canoodle to see how he was doing and apologized. And the next day, I had to step up and play Big John Scott, Big Erskine, so... Uh, in there and uh, did that, and uh, you know, it was pretty funny though. It, it is, yeah. yeah. You, the 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 nighty night. It, it's him seeing him, and you you, you always, people say, "Do you want to hurt him?" Well, yeah, you want to hurt him because he's trying to hurt you. That that's the point of the fight. They, the, this isn't WWE where it's all planned and we have fake chairs that we're hitting over each other. We're we're trying to knock each other out, and your emotions get the best of you, and then you you're, you're pumped up because you hit him hard, and you didn't realize you just you. Oh, yeah. You know, you just thought you knocked him out or he went down, and then you see the blood on his visor just dripping. Then you do the nighty night and the, the KO, it's done. Yeah. Uh, but then you realize, I, I watch you when you're sitting in the box, you realize he's really hurt, and you start, when he comes up, yeah. you start tapping your stick because you, you don't want to kill a guy. Uh, and, and then no, all the remorse no, I sets in. Didn't I, and, and then I just said, that, like, you, you look and then you start to feel bad like you did. And you're tapping on it saying, OK, I, I hit him. I hit him hard. I celebrated like Ty Domi celebrated all the time. But yeah. it, th- this guy was just hurt in, in, in a bad way. Yeah, he was. Uh, I think he was out for like four or five months in a concussion. So I'm just glad he didn't break his jaw or, or do anything, you know, too bad. But uh, I guess concussion's bad enough, though. <laughs> So I guess it could have been a lot worse. We would have really hit his face on the ice and and stuff. But funny thing, it was Ty was actually at the game with Mario, and I I, I talked to him after, and he loved it. So. <laughs> of course, of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah. Did Did you ever fight Ty? No, I never. No. I never fought Ty. Okay. It was, it was usually Reed Simpson or you know you know someone else stepping up. Jimmy Cummins. You know my my first really my first two years. In the league, I was, you know, I wasn't really fighting, you know, heavyweight. Well, I fought Louis DeBrock. Yeah, I guess he was a pretty, he was a heavyweight. But, you know, I was fighting like Dave Scatchard and, yeah. uh, you know, guys like that. And, you know, nothing too crazy. And then more as my, you know, career progressed, then, you know, I was doing pretty good against these guys. And, I, you know, being challenged a little bit more by uh, bigger and, and tougher guys. And I'm not backing down to the challenge. So, Th- that I. <laughs> That that I know, Sketch Sketch was a little sour on Twitter the other day that he didn't get the invite to uh, play poker with us. 
Oh yeah, Scotch is rattled. Scotch is rattled. I was I, I was hoping because he's easy money. He used to dominate him on the plane, so I was I was hoping he was going to come. You know what we'll do is we'll we'll set up another tournament. It'll just be our own money, and we'll just invite Scatch, and we'll just team up on him and take his cash. That'll be the way we'll we'll approach that. He's a great he's a great guy. Great, I'm sure he's a great teammate. I love Scatch. Yeah, yeah. We we had a couple good battles when I was at the Montreal, and you know, we we became good buddies, and uh, you just see him at alumni events, and uh, you know we always have a good time. Who, who's um. Who, who's the best teammate? I, I'm talking, you know, just off ice guys you like hanging out with. Best player you ever played with. Uh, so best teammate and best player you've ever played with. Well, obviously Sid's the best player I've ever played with, and uh, you know he was a he was, he was a pretty good teammate as well. You know this guy, uh, you know, did whatever he could for his teammates. If it was you know dropping off iPads or Tim Horton cards or something he did from all his uh, promotional stuff, Sid was always. Uh, Top notch of that, treated the train as well. But uh, I would say teammate wise, you know, like uh, guys that, you know, that I, I really picked with, like, you know, me and uh, Riley Cote got along really well. He's, he's a man, little boy. So we uh, we had some friends in the same circle back in Winnipeg. And, you know, Carcillo got, got along with Dan really well. And this guy's like Mike, Mike Richards, that's, you know, this guy. Yeah, he, you know, towards the end of his career, he had got into a little bit of trouble there crossing the border. But this guy was a teammate. He didn't go through the wall for you. And, you know, it showed in some of the playoff series, especially with us doing the top. This guy was just a, just a leader just a leader on the ice. And, yeah, he liked to have some pops and, you know, have a little fun off the ice. But he showed up and worked his bag off in practice and came to games and uh, did whatever he could for a seat to win. Stanley Cup champion as well. Um, I, I've only I've had so many great teammates. I actually interviewed yesterday for my radio show uh, Bob Bogner, one of the, one of the great ones I've had. And uh, right now, this is uh, Aaron Asham. I'm interviewing. This is Matthew Barnaby, unfiltered. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you worst teammate because I, I I've only I played with probably 750 guys. I, I've played on seven teams. You've played on six. I played with so many different guys. 99.9 percent of them are just great guys. I've had probably six or seven yeah. along that, you know, I, I I just didn't like, you know. There's other guys that I didn't have anything in common with that I didn't really hang out with, but only six or seven that I really did not like. A- any ones that stick out for you that you didn't like, that uh, if, if he was on the side of the road, uh, you know, dying of a heart attack, you wouldn't be resuscitating him? Uh, you know, I, I played with a pretty good group of guys. You know, it might be the odd guy here and there. The only guy that I really... Uh, the way he acted sometimes was probably Jason Blake. You know, uh, I was friendly with him, but he's definitely a guy that I uh, that I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him a great teammate. You know, just some of the stuff that, uh, uh, just the way he talked, the way he treated people, just wasn't my style. And you know, I I think you got to be nice to everyone. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're janitor or it doesn't matter what to do you, you know you'd be nice to him and he just wasn't a nice guy and i just didn't like it I, I always judge people by the way they treat especially when i'm out to dinner how, how do they treat like the bus boys the waiters the the bellman when you're at uh that that's 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 how you know if a guy's really a good guy or if he just treats the people that can get get them somewhere yeah. um treat those guys well or people that have influence 
that's just something that really bugs me. Like, you gotta be nice. Like, these people are making a living. They're, you know, they're out there working. I mean, who cares if he's a busboy or why? Like, anyone. Oh, yep. man, who cares? Be nice to people, man. You know, that's what we need. We need to be nice. You know, he wasn't. I, I, he wasn't a nice guy. I'll tell you a little story about this guy. I, I have a friend that passed away from throat cancer uh, last year, year and a half ago. Jason Blake played with him in North Dakota. National championship, one of them. I call this guy. I call Blake. He goes, "Hey man, you know, calls is uh, on his deathbed here. You know, we're doing a fun, we're doing a benefit for him. Can you send a jersey?" He's like, "Oh yeah, no problem. Give me a call." So I, I uh, got a hold of Tommy Commodore and I texted him. He played with him as well. It's like told him this whole story. The next day, the next day, the jersey from Commodore was at my buddy's place and never heard from Jason Blake again. No jersey, nothing. That's the kind of guy he is. And he had cancer, right? Yeah, and he had cancer. Yeah. And the guy played, won a national championship in NCAA, North Dakota. He died on his death of cancer, and this little fucker wouldn't get in the jersey. Fucking <laughs> pisses me off. It's, it's, it's brutal. There it- you go. That's. That's fucking Jason Blake for you right there. Did he, I've heard many of stories. I've never, I've met him like really quickly, just kind of at, at uh, NHLPA events when, when we played, but really quickly. And I had heard so many things. I went by his bench many a times because I was told from other guys and I didn't really have stories on him, but I would go by the bench, uh, the Islanders bench when he was there. I'd be like, I don't even have to fight you because your fucking whole team hates you. So I, I don't even have to go there because yeah. you know everyone fucking hates you. And I said, you suck coach's balls from what I hear. I heard he was the biggest ball licker ever. Yeah, he he just had his nose in coach's balls all the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not many guys liked him. Was just because he wasn't a nice guy. And I don't know if he was a silver spoon, grew up with fucking money growing up, but he was a fucking dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Enough of Jason Blake. We don't want to waste any more time on him. If you yeah, wouldn't give a fucking jersey to a dying friend, and <laughs> we piss on him on the side of the road if we see him. So that's we won't help him. We'll just yeah. piss on him. Uh, any any yeah. any crazy nights? I I've told a story where I wasn't playing a lot in Pittsburgh. It, Kevin Constantine was my coach, and I got hammered the night before the game. I literally threw up all night because I thought I was going to play three minutes. And him and the GM, they all saw me come in. Um, bouncing off the the Fairmont uh, pillars through the lobby as I as I come come through and ends up playing me on Yager's line for about twenty minutes the next night to get me back. Uh, a- any crazy nights uh, before a game? Yeah, I got a great one actually. Uh, it was in Toronto. We uh, I met up with a buddy at my favorite restaurant there, Soto Soto. It's a great Italian restaurant in Toronto. By the way, by the way, by the way, anyway, I think I think the owners burned it down for insurance and and rebuilt it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I went to the last one. That's what I heard too. Shady, but anyway, it's still great food. So, anyways, I meet my buddy there. We, uh, you know, have a nice meal, get into a couple bottles of wine, and you know, starting to get this nice fuzzy glow. So he's like, well, "Why don't we go out and you know have a few beers and see where the night takes us?" We we play the next day, so I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'll come out for a few." So you get out and start drinking and partying, and next thing you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. He's like, do you want to go to this after-hour place? I was like, ah, I don't know. I got to be up early. He's like, well, here, I got some ecstasy. <laughs> this is when I was there. 
this is when I was in my drug days back when I was when I was younger. But he's like, hey, I got a couple a couple crabs of ecstasy. He goes, take this and you should be good. So I was like, fucking why not? Two o'clock in the morning. You know how long is this shit going to last? Like first second time taking it. So I take a couple of hits. We're at the bar. Oh my god, having a great time. Four or five in the morning, I end up stumbling back to the friggin' hotel room, and I can't sleep. This shit just has me, has me wired. So I'm up, pacing in the room, walking, walking, walking. Have uh, going out for breakfast at nine o'clock in the morning. Can't eat. Just the worst feeling. Ended up falling asleep at around two o'clock for about an hour. Got up, played Toronto. We ended up winning three to two. Got a goal and assist that game. I felt unreal on the ice. Endless, endless amounts of energy. That must have been the ice. I'm not sure, but played one of my best games in Toronto with uh, an hour's sleep. Uh, no, it's it's one of those things where you're like, oh my god, great time! It's it, I had McDonald's. I, I've had some good nights where I went out the night before and played well. It's funny because it's not like you can do it all the time and have success doing it, but it's sometimes when you don't think or you're just trying to get through, like you, you your mind kind of shuts down and you just you just play. You just you just get through the game and and you feel great, but. Not 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 conducive yeah. to having a long career doing that every night. No, definitely not. Definitely, not. it's happened a few times. Not the, not the exes, but going out and, and drinking before games. Uh, yeah, with we did we did it in Philly. We went on a little bit of a streak there on the road. We lost four or five in a row, and we decided to have a team party the night before, and we ended up winning sixteen in a row on the road. And we were out every night how, how, before the game. How 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 is Philly to play in? It's the one place. Toronto is one that I would have loved to. Just being Canadian and growing up in in yeah. Ottawa, uh, Toronto is obviously the mecca to to play in. But uh, Philadelphia is another one. I, I I regret not having the chance to play there Philly. because because of the fan base. Yeah, you they they would have loved you there. Like uh, it took them a few years to uh, took them a few, uh, you know a few months to warm up to me because I was. You know, I was I, I always played hard against Philly. I always fought against Philly. You know, I was with Jersey. Uh, you know, I played against Philly a lot. And uh, but once once they accepted me, and uh, you know, it just what a what a place to play. Especially going to the finals in 2010, coming back from Boston down three. It was just the fans were just you know our seventh man on the ice. It was just unreal. Did did, did you guys know it was a goal that ended the series? I didn't see anything. I I was praying to God that it wasn't, but uh, you know we we didn't have a clue what was going on. I think late, you know, once once I started going back and watching the film, I think as soon as that puck went in, he knew it was in. He tried to do a little bit of acting, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough pill to swallow. It, it was a crazy series. I was there. I was working for ESPN at, at the time and just looking. I, I didn't know if it went in. I kind of lost it, but I, I just knew by the reaction of Patty Kane. Uh, usually those guys know if it's in, and his cele- his celebration uh, told the whole story. I, I want to go back to not, I mean, not not your childhood and that, but um, you know, you, you you did have some uh, some, some rough bringing up and, and that's kind of who made you, I think the person you are today and you are kind and gracious, uh, but very tough, not as scared of anything. Uh, you, you have a couple stories that are a little, little, little different, uh, some knives and gun stories, uh, that I'd love you to yeah. tell because I don't have any of this those. One, this one, I'm actually, this, the, the gun one happened in Montreal. Uh, me, I'm not sure if 
you know Terry, Terry Ryan or not. I do. Uh, Newfie. He was a high draft pick. Yeah, Newfie was there. Uh, Matt Higgins, Alan Nazardine, who's the assistant coach in, uh, in Jersey. We're, we're, we're the Black Aces, so, you know, we're up for the playoffs. And, you know, the Black Aces know they, you don't want to be seen. You don't want to be heard from. You're, you know, you're, you're a part of the team, but you're not a part of the team. You know, different set, you know, separate dressing rooms. You skate on your own. So it's a playoff game. Once you're all up, and there's like six, seven minutes left. So we're like, well, let's piss off. Let's go down to the ballet, super sex, and get a show and have a few beers and uh, see where that takes us. So, so we ended up leaving early and heading down there. And it's funny because Matthew Dean had this little friggin' XR7 tiny little car. And he parked it right in the front of super sex. For some reason, there's a spot open there. So we ended up going upstairs and, you know, we, we waited for a cable. There's a, there's a up, upstairs bar so we go up there and Matt Higgins is ordering beers and I see him talking with this guy that guy leather jazz got a leather vest on he looked well he definitely looked bikerish because I, I know what bikers look like I knew he was a biker so he starts arguing with Matt Higgins so I go over there and try to play the peacemaker say hey come on you know blah 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 and this fucking guy open hand hit slaps in the face so my first instinct is fucking you know I'm gonna crack this fucker so yeah. I hit him drop, knock him drop him that guy flies over a table. This guy's tiny, too. He's not a big guy. He's a small little guy. But I fucking, I bitch slap him and fucking hit him with a left. I don't throw a left. It's just things that hit him with this left and throw and knock him over this table and all the bouncers and guys come up. They're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And they come up to us and it's like, oh, that's a bad mistake. These guys are with the bike gang here and just kind of their establishment. He goes, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to try to settle it, you know, try to smooth it out. Tell him what's misunderstanding. He goes over there, talks to these there's three of them, talks to these, these three guys, and they look at his face and comes back to us. He's like, yeah, you guys, uh, you guys better get going here. He sits us at the table. He's got this guy, this other guy with, uh, no shirt on, leather vest. He comes by me and he takes out his gun and he's like, you're fucking dead. You guys are dead. We got guys coming here. So he walks by, says a loop. Snoopy's out the fucking bathroom, down the fucking, jumps out the window in the bathroom, goes down the fire chute. This guy walks by, flashes the guy, says we're dead. Us four get up, come downstairs, right to Cheech's, or Alan Azudin's uh, car right in the start, get in there and fucking head back to the hotel. So we're back there, I'm nervous, so I call my cousin, who was uh, at the time tied up with, uh, with the AHA, and I said, hey, like, I think I just slapped out a bike road. I, I, you know, what the hell should do? He's like, well, let me make a couple of calls. He's pretty tough with some guys in Montreal. And he basically told me, like, probably should never step foot back in super sex and uh, keep your head on a swivel walking to practice in the morning. <laughs> and you should be fine, though. <laughs> so we're walking the next morning. He knew he walking, and we're, like, hugging walls, in and out of buildings, like, scared shitless. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, nothing came out of it, thank God. Hey, at, at least the Newfie walked with you. I probably wouldn't have why. I'd have been like, ah, I'm going to go by myself today, Ash. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Newfie was right beside me. I've known him for since 18 years old. So he's a good friend of mine. And uh, what a character he is. He, he, one of his, it might have been his first game. He came up and we were playing them. And he goes, hey, Barney, can, 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 I, can, I, can, can I have a fight? Can I have a fight? I, I need to stay. And I was like, yeah. I, yeah. 
guys gave me the chance and we and we went at it. He's been great. I I didn't really meet him till years after when I did a charity event in Newfoundland and was getting screeched in. Yeah, yeah he's he's a beauty. He is a beauty. Yeah, his his dad is is exactly like him. Just two peas in a pond. Just great people. Mom's awesome. Just a great family. Uh, tell me, tell me the knife story, because I again uh, these I I had a, I did have a gun pulled on me different way. We were in New York, three day All Star break. I was with Donald O'Dad. We were with our wives at the time, and uh, Derek Plant, if you remember him, Brian Holzinger. Uh, I was with three yeah. soft guys, and I remember walking by. We were walking back to our hotel after going to Saturday Night Live that night, and right in front of our hotel, uh, we were just walking in, and this these two guys were out there two or three i think it was only two and we were walking in we we're a little cocktailed up at least i was and guy looks at at my wife and he's like leave that guy come over here I'm, i got something for you and i was like what like what are you talking he's like yeah he's like no that that bitch is is gonna come over here and i was like whoa so i obviously get in this fight I'm i'm ready to kill this fucker and he just pulls out a gun and he lays it right on my chest and my heart just dropped. I mean, dropped. Well, the other guys just scattered really quickly. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's amazing what a gun will do to you. Oh. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. but it, 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 it didn't go on beyond that. We just walked into the hotel. They were, they, they, they let us go. They weren't going to kill me over to that. But yeah, it was, it, it was yeah. scary. What's the knife story? You, you were, you were going to get into that the other yeah. night when we were talking. What's, yeah. what's the knife story? This is another. This is another TR. TR was with me again. Snoopy was with me again for this one. <laughs> so we're in uh, we're in Red Deer. He he was playing with Bentley. He was playing like senior AAA, and uh, my brother was still living in Red Deer at the time. So I, I I made a trip out there and I meet up with TR and we go for dinner and same thing. Start drinking and end up going to this bar. Met some of his hockey buddies and they're like, hey, why don't we come down to my place? We'll have some beers. You know, I live with this blah blah this guy and. You know, bring your friends, let's go. So I was like, sure, let's go. I was with a cop buddy at the time, uh, RCMP guy. I, I don't want to mention his name because he might get in trouble for this. But, but we're, uh, we go to this house. There's this biker dude there. I don't know if he was calling in or not. He didn't look like, he just looked like he was a prospect or something. But he was sitting there trying to get with this girl. And I guess he, they disappeared. I went downstairs to take a piss. And this guy was in the bathroom with us. I was knocking on the door. I was in the bathroom with this girl and starts yapping at me. Like, what the fuck you doing? You're trying to mow my grass. And I just told him, like, buddy, I'm going to take a piss. I don't care what the fuck you do. You know, I'm look at her. Like, you go ahead. You can, she's all yours. You know, like, I wasn't. We get upstairs. So I get upstairs to take my leak, and he comes back up and he's yapping at me, yapping at me. So I just had enough. I was like, well, why don't we go outside? Like, there's a big lawn right here. So let's just go outside and we'll just fucking throw over the Let's go. Let's go scrap now. He pulled out his knife from the back of his fucking pants. He put it to my chest and he's like, Yo, you want to fight tough guy? I told him, I'm going to take that knife and stick it up his fucking ass. <laughs> he was like, let's go, let's go fucking outside. Meanwhile, my top buddy was behind me. I, 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 behind the guy, he had a beer bottle ready to fucking smack him. So just in case anything happens. Like, I, I knew I had that. I, I called his bluff. I, I, I tried to get him out of the lawn and he wouldn't go. And that's when it was time to, uh, threw me in a cab and, uh, now I know why you were so calm when you, when you fought and there was no knives on, on the ice. You just kind of looked and 
held with the left and yeah, just, I was always thinking like when I was fighting I was always trying to think how you know how I'm going to counter or how I'm going to grip right because I, I you know like you like like we're not big guys like you, you, you know, I, I have to think of some way to try to get inside or try to counter punch you so that's what more I was thinking of is you know just how am I going to be able to hit this guy and knock him the fuck out like yeah. if this guy's going to hit me if he's got four inches in height and three inches in reach on me so you know, that's what I was more calm about is trying to figure out how I'm going to fucking crack this guy Stu, Stu Grimson was the, the top. Yeah, you have to be methodical when you're when you're our size and the guys we have to fight. You have to be methodical and think. And if you lose your breath or lose your composure, that's where you open yourself up. And uh, Stu Grimson was the toughest I, I ever fought. Uh, Aaron, who who was the toughest guy you ever fought? Uh what toughest guy I fought? Well, you mentioned John Scott. Or, yeah, I never fought John Scott though. Never fought Johnny. Okay. Uh, he, he separated my shoulders when he was in Chicago. He, he hit me in the corners and pulled me like an accordion. But other than that, no. Uh, or he uh, fought George, fought Cam Jansen, Trigan, I don't know how many times, yourself, uh, Louis DeBrus, John Erskine. Uh, trying to think who else. You know, whoever, whoever asked me, you know, yeah. Willing to so Gordy Dwyer. I mean, Gordy had a good one in uh, in Tampa. With, I think you were with him at the time. He's Love Gordy too. And first time the coach ever sent me out to fight. Really? You know, it was to fight my body because Terry and Terry didn't like him. Who was? I, I got a great story about Gordy that I'm going to tell you after. I, I'd never been sent out. I I, I had a hundred or probably two hundred fights in junior. Maybe a hundred fights in. Not a hundred fights, probably probably fifty fights in the minors, another two hundred in the NHL. Never been sent out once. I've been asked if I wanted to go out or what I wanted to do because the coach knew me, but I was never ever ever sent out. Um, any coaches that because we don't like being sent out. Uh, for, like, if we're going to do it, we want to do it on our own accord. Uh, any coaches you didn't like? Did, did Terry? Did you like Terry? I I didn't mind Terry. I just didn't like that shit. Like, this guy was, he wasn't tough. Yeah. And Junior, he was a fucking pussy. He tried, he played the tough game. He coached he against me. He he, co- he coached Laval with Bob Hartley. I used to shoot pucks at him in warm-up, and he was the biggest phony from from that point of view. Is oh, yeah. Their team was so tough in Junior. They had Sandy McCarthy, Gino Ojik. I mean, they were tough, really tough. They stole our net one night in, in Laval, and, and my coach, or my my teammates were like go get it i'm like fuck you i'm not going down there but he'd be the guy chirping on on the side sending these guys out after us yeah that's that's the only thing like uh, he he treated me well he treated me pretty good actually he played me but that's the only thing that that, that really pissed me off was sending me out to fight gordy who who he knew we we're he knew we were good buddies i think it was just a test for him uh to see if i'd actually do it and so I went out there and Gordy kicked me with one of the hardest punches that I've ever been hit with. Closed my eye up and cut him up a little bit. It was a it was a good tilt. I love him. I think is he still coaching in uh, in the KHL? Um, I last I've heard, yes, he was, but I'm not sure if he's if he's back there or or not. I hope so because he's just a good human. I love it. I, I got a great story. Yeah. I, I was only in Tampa uh, with the ginger a little bit. I love the guy. He was tough. 
not the most talented, but yeah. he he was he was just a great no. teammate and great guy. But great story about him. We're yeah. we're we're there in Tampa, and at the end of the year, we had to do testing because we didn't make the playoffs. So we had John Tortorella was our coach, and he he was oh, yeah. he, he was in pretty good shape. I always thought I was in pretty good shape and running, and and I wasn't that heavy, so I I I was able to run. Well, it was the heat was yeah. incredible, right? The, the the heat at the end of the year was incredible, and and we had to run the uh, three mile, and we 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 started all. Uh, it was on a track outside, like three in the afternoon. Like he picked the hottest part of the day, and the ginger takes off out of nowhere and starts sprinting. <laughs> so he runs the first four hundred in a sprint, and then he walks. And when we got within like a hundred yards of him, he takes off in another sprint. Well, he ran the whole three miles like that. And he, he, he won. I ended up coming second or third, whatever it was, but I'd never seen him. And, and Torts was almost mad because it wasn't, he didn't, he didn't do the, the way it was supposed to be done. He's yeah. like, I just run, I run it the fastest I can. And this is the fastest I can run it, whether, whether it's right or wrong. So he ends up beating us by like 300 yards at the end, like almost laps. Well, he was lapping guys like Dave Anderchuk and those guys, but it was the funniest, funniest thing I, I, I had ever seen. And he, like I said, he is an absolute beauty. That's, that's one thing I, I couldn't do with run. We had, uh, we had a two mile run in, uh, in Philly and Holmgren was the, was the GM at the time and, and Homer's intense. Like he was sitting there watching. This is my first impression. And I, my leg, I got a long torso and short little legs. I just, I'm not a runner. So we, so we start this, uh, these eight laps. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. And, and then next thing, it just hits me. I, I'm, I'm getting lapped. I do two miles. Guys were averaging like 11 minutes. I was like at 18, <laughs> 19 minutes. Guys were double lapping me. And I was, I was thinking like, I, should I come up with a hammy? Homer's walking. I was like, fuck that. I'm upping it out. 19 minutes. <laughs> I walked by, he looked at me, he's like, it's about fucking time now. Kind of gave me a little giggle, and he was actually pretty good about it. It was funny. Uh, Aaron Ashton. <laughs> no, no, and you, you're either a runner or or you aren't. It, it, it's it's there's exactly. there's no there's no in between. It doesn't mean you're out of shape because you can't run. Some guys can ride the bike, yeah. and you know they're all different. Uh, Eric Lindros was the exact same way. Couldn't run, but man, put him on a bike at his size, and he had so much power, he could go on for, for days. Yeah, I really couldn't bike either. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you would you you wouldn't have loved John Tortorella then. You wouldn't have loved John Tortorella uh, for sure. I love sports. I, I had him for a year in uh, the shortest season uh, with the Rangers. I, I I I just loved how honest he was. He was he actually treated me well. He wasn't on me too much, and uh, you know. I like sports. Did you like him? I, I I like him as a person. He didn't like me as a player at that time. Told me I couldn't play, but I I I, I agree totally with you. Honestly, he he told me he just didn't think I could play anymore, and I just said trade yeah. me. And but I I like John Tortorella, the guy. I worked with him at TSN. I had him as an assistant coach when I was nineteen years old, twenty years old with Buffalo. He was an assistant with us, and then he went down oh, to yeah. Rochester. So that's where I I mean I, we go back a long long time. I. He he doesn't like people in general. He likes dogs more more than people. But he is a very honest guy and a very very good coach. Yeah, I I yeah, I had nothing but good things to say about Torts. You know, he uh, kept everyone honest. He he didn't treat uh, you know treated everyone the same, and uh, you know to respect that. So. 
Sean Avery wasn't there when Sean Avery wasn't there when you were there. Was was he? No, no, he was. Yeah, that's the only guy I want to get him on my podcast just because I want to rip him apart because I fucking hate him. Yeah, I I wasn't just a fan of him either. Now you know, not as bad as I hated you though. Like he didn't really get under my skin. He was he just talked to fucking you know to be noticed to talk. Like I I just fucking fuck him. He wasn't going to fight you. I could tell you that because I chased him around for. I, I fought him once. Really? He, he, yeah, he kind of jumped me when I was with Tiff. I kind of grazed him with a with a shot, and then he grabbed my fucking pants and tried flipping me over like this. But yeah, I fought the little fuck. Wow, God, I wish you would have pounded the fuck out of him. I wish you oh, just. So oh. did I. I wish he was the Jay Beagle. My buddies were calling me and giving it to me too. Like, oh, he fucking he hammered you. Busted my balls. I was like, I wanted. He's just one of those guys. Like, I, I've never met him off the ice. He might be a good fucking dude, but I, I just didn't like. Him. I've heard he isn't. I, I've oh, never fuck. met him, but I've heard he. I'm. I've heard he is another Jason Blake. Um, yeah, I, I heard he's not a, the way he treats trainers. Like we were both in New York. Uh, the way he treats trainers. Uh, I was in Dallas. He was in Dallas. The way he treated those trainers, and that's all I have to say. Those wow. are. Yeah, some of the guys that I trust the most in in their uh, assessment of a guy. A couple more before I let you go, and I really appreciate the time. You're driving right now, right? You're driving back home? Tell, tell us. I'm driving. I got nothing else to do, man. I'm driving home, taking my kids and uh, family fishing. My brother comes up, my dad, my two daughters, and my sons. And we go up to a little fish, and, and uh, I have to drive because uh, I've got a new dog coming my day bringing a dog up and he's too young to fly so I had to drive home and fight the bullets and bring the little bugger back 24 hours how, how much longer do you have I have 7 hours and 40 minutes I put in a solid 15 hour shift last night that's a good one where did where, you guys stay where did you sleep I, I just pulled over grabbed the Pulled over at the rest area, slept for a few hours and got back on the road oh you got right back on you're, you're a better man than I god yeah, I have to. I missed. I, I had two American, uh, two English bulldogs that I lost them a couple of years ago, and I've been itching to get a dog. And so I have to. I have to get one. And it's gonna be nice. And looking forward to it. I'm a dog guy too. I'm like Torx. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Aaron Asham, uh, my guest today on Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. A couple more, like I said, before I let you go. And I really appreciate your time and and getting to meet you uh, after we played. I hope we. We uh, play some golf this summer. I'll take a little bit of that uh, money that you made in those 15 years and put it in my pocket. You'll be easy money like Scatch and Maisie are. Um, <laughs> best bar you ever were. What's your favorite bar? Mine was the Roxy in Vancouver, and only time I ever miss yeah, a flight to another down. city. Yeah, hands down, Roxy. Loved it there. Just my, my style, the live band. It was great. They always were nice. They kept it open after hours for just, uh, I love the Roxy. Favorite? By far, my, my favorite place. Yeah. No, I, I ended up, what, what's the lead singer of Nickelback? I know we're not supposed to like Nickelback. I actually do. It's not the cool thing to say. But I remember we were so drunk one night, oh, we ended wow. up at uh, his place in Vancouver the one night, and that's yeah, how I missed. Sure. That's it. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah they, they were great. They were always there. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Nickel fan guy. I, I don't mind Nickelback. It's not cool with the young people. You're not supposed to like Nickelback. It's like back in the day, you weren't supposed to like Duran Duran. Yeah, they're uh, they're Canadian now. I'm I'm gonna support them. So favorite 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 city and favorite rink in the league. Favorite city. 
I'm going to have to go with Montreal. Favorite rink is it's either the Toronto or, or, or Montreal. It's awesome. I like playing in L.A. as well. But uh, I, I just love the atmosphere in Montreal. Like, when playing there, going to visit there, it's it, it just, if you can't get up for a game against the Montreal Canadiens, there, then there's something wrong with it. I, I can't remember the name of Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I, I have a feeling if we played together, we'd be at the Roxy at last call together. We'd be at Super Sex together in Montreal. And uh, yeah, I, I think we would have got along very well, buddy. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably good that we didn't play together. We, we, we would have been out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. At least we wouldn't have had to fight each other. That was a lot worse uh, for me because yeah. we, we fought three times. I, I, two were not bad. Um, the one when you were with the Islanders, I was with the Rangers. You hit me a couple times really good. Actually broke the septum in my nose and I had tears like yeah. coming down, broke the septum in my nose. So thank you for that. I, I don't sleep very well anymore. So, and it's a little crooked. That was a good tilt though. It was, it, it, I just caught you, caught you in the exchanges. It, it was a good fight though. Well, it hit you. It was right. It was right in front of your bench too. Right in front of your bench, and then, yeah. then, then you went wild celebrating. I was like, "Fuck that!" I can't let it know that it hurts until I got to the box. Especially those games, like like back, back like we almost had the ball in uh, in warm ups with McCarthy and, yeah. and uh, Karen. Yeah, you know, we Dale we Puritan. Up for those games. Dale Puritan. Yeah, Dale. Yeah, we had Godzi, like we had we had a tough team too. We had yeah. you could go, Weimer, his Vister, he you know, he fought a little bit. We had Goddard who was Jim Cummins. Yes. Jimmy Cummins. Like, yeah, we had there's some you know, we had some tough teams and fuck do we have some battles. You guys always beat us though. We were, all we want to do is fight and you guys just the game time and the shit out of us Jim Jim Cummins, who I played with in Colorado, love the guy. Great, great guy. Not the best fighter, but he would oh. throw toe to toe. And he he asked me for like oh, yeah. five years to fight. And he was with the Islanders. We had it in warm up with you guys a little bit and crossing the line, slashing each other. And I remember like our first shift. He goes, "I, I want to fucking go." I was like, "Okay, finally, let's go." So we drop, and I hit him, but I didn't hit him that hard. But he kind of slipped as I hit him. And he fell like right, yeah. right between the two benches, and I just got up. Like I, it looked like I knocked him out, but he jumped back up. So we, <laughs> we, we come back out of the penalty box. He goes, "Let's go! I want to go again." I go, "Never again!" I got the fucking belt. It's on. It's on yeah. camera. Not a fucking chance will I ever fight you again because it can't get any better than that. I played him in Montreal. I, I fucking love the guy. We had, we had some good times, Jimmy. Yeah. Good shit. Yeah, he he fucking he didn't care who it was. He, him and Puritan had a just just a battle, and Dale just no, he hit him. I was there. I I had a front seat view of that one. Like how I feel, but that's Jimmy though. He'd take a hundred of those in the face and keep going. Yeah, awesome, 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 dude. Uh, drive safe. I, I want to thank you again for coming on. Like I said, one of the one of the great guys that I never got to play with or meet and hated. We hated each other. We had our battles. Uh, look forward to seeing you uh, so much more over the years as we are retired. Uh, again, uh, Aaron Ashton, uh, 789 games, 208 points, over 1,000 penalty minutes. Obviously, the stories uh, were absolutely incredible. And uh, next time we're together, I, I, 
I want to see it. I want to see a bitch slap Maisie because it's the only time I've ever seen him <laughs> at a poker table back that's, down from anyone. Uh, I, I don't even know how that started with, with Maynard. I don't remember. Like, I was so, we, we had so many whiskeys and, and uh, old-fashioned. I, I don't remember. <laughs> the, the, the best was Maisie. Maisie, uh, Phil Bork was mocking him because he didn't tip the dealer at the start. Yeah. And then he he had won like a $500 pot, whatever it was. And he threw the card and almost hit the dealer, the, the, the woman who was great. And then we started mocking him a little bit. And he looked at you and said, I'm going to take you outside or something. And you just responded. And Maisie usually he's, he's pretty intimidating. He's a tough guy. He's one of the toughest guys that I've yeah. ever, I've ever played with. And I've seen him knock so many guys out and you just looked at him and go, I'm not your bitch. I'll drag you outside and kick the fuck out of you right, right here. And Maisie, Maisie usually would respond. Now he had about 25 in him and he looked at you like, okay, I'm not intimidating Aaron. <laughs> this is going nowhere. He's like, ah, it's okay, buddy. <laughs> I, I didn't remember. I didn't remember. I love Maisie. What a guy he is. I actually had chat chats in Toronto and stuff through some charity stuff and just a good guy. Awesome. Um, Awesome dude. Well, it was the first time I ever saw in the 25 years that I've known him back down and back down quickly. So I appreciate that. And I will mock him every time I see him uh, because of it. Because if I told him that, he, well, I, I did slap him in the face that night pretty hard, uh, just as a joke. But uh, it, it was a great night. Aaron, drive safe. Take care of the kids. Enjoy the fishing. Uh, stay away from biker gangs. And uh, we will talk soon, buddy. Take care, buddy. That was Aaron Ashton. Uh, so glad he came on unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. Like I said, I, I didn't know Aaron playing. I just I fought him, and he was kind of like I was. Uh, would, would fight anyone despite his size. Uh, now we hear the stories of him growing up and the bar fights and, and grew up uh, just, just around Winnipeg, close to Red Deer. Uh, but uh, tremendous guy. Like he's one of those guys that he would have been one of my best friends that I ever played with if we played together. But uh, tremendous family guy. Uh, like I said, would do anything for his teammates. The stories. Fucking no wonder he wasn't afraid to fight on the ice. Slapping and bitch slapping. Uh, Harley guy. Uh, I guess not a Harley guy. Uh, a biker guy. Probably a Hell's Angels in Montreal because they are very big. Uh, their presence in Montreal. He's not afraid of anyone. I'm telling you, it's it's scary when you look into his eyes and and you know that at any point it it could erupt. Uh, but then he's so soft spoken and such a friendly guy. It makes you forget sometimes. So I, I'm glad we only fought three times. I'm glad he didn't hurt me uh, more than he did the one time when I played in New York. But uh, great interview. Uh, great great stories. And uh, he certainly is unfiltered. Exactly what uh, we wanted. So thank you. Uh, Aaron Asham for for coming on and drive safe and we will definitely have him on again at some point uh, in the future Uh, next up it's that time Drambuie Island how are you doing today I'm good I'm good I just got back from Toronto from the Raptors game a couple days ago it was awesome Uh, are you like all of Canada Are, are you a Raptors fan now Raptors fan. I think they're great. Yeah, what, what, what do you think? Can, do they have a chance? Do, do they stand a chance? Are you quite a Leonard fan? No, I think they stand a chance. Like, they didn't play a good third quarter on Sunday night, and that's when they got behind the ink ball, but they came back, but they 
didn't come back far enough. Did you see? I think they've got a chance. I know there's injuries in uh, down in the Warriors camp. Are, are are you too old to stay up and and watch the game tonight? It doesn't get started till about nine o'clock. Oh no! You'll make it. Oh yeah. Who's your favorite I have player? To watch the Blues today too. Oh tonight. no, the Blues are tomorrow. Blues are tomorrow, mom. Oh, I thought they were tonight. No cocktail hour. What time does cocktail hour start uh, on a Wednesday for for Mama B? I don't have. I don't. I have a. I have a Caesar. You know those canned Caesars. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then then dip into the wine. We went for lunch the other day, and then where do we go after that? That's it. That's it. You didn't go anywhere else. No. Are you lying? No, I didn't. You you made me take you to the wine store. You, I know. You literally you literally took every bottle of wine that they had and every Caesar. I did not. You You're did. Full of baloney. Yeah. No, I'm not full of shit. You're... I had some wine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I didn't say I didn't have any wine. So, so you're you're all Raptors tonight. Who who's your favorite player for the Raptors? I like Leonard, and I like uh, what's his name? Not Lo- Looney. Lo- no. Lowry. Lowry. I Lowry. like him. I like Lowry. You like Lowry? But I like Leonard too. Awesome. Well, it should be fun. Uh, all of Larry Canada. Kurt. Leonard, there's a lot of injuries for for in the series. Both parties, both yeah. teams. No, should be good. Should be good. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. What, what do you think of the Boston St. Louis series? Oh, I'm 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 pleased that uh, St. Louis won the last game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope they win the next one too. Can Kinchara? Do you think he'll come back? He has a broken jaw. I thought it was something like that. I told Grant. That I thought he broke it. It was a puck that hit him. Yeah, I'm curious to see if he's going to play. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Maybe not. Yeah, we'll have to we'll, we'll have to wait and see. What else is going on in in Mama B's world? Nothing much. I tell you, very boring. Yeah, very boring. I'm going to go watch the horse race at Pippin Ralph on Saturday. All right. What, which horse race is that? The um, you know the Triple Crown. Oh, that's the right. Belmont. Is this the, the Belmont, Bel- Belmont Stakes? That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That too. Awesome. Well, let's spice up your life a little bit. Let's let's play a little fuck kill Mary then with you, your favorite team's Boston right now. You're you're cheering for Boston because why? No. You're not cheering for Boston. Oh, of course not. I'm cheering for uh, St. Louis. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were cheering for. Oh, why? Why are you cheering for St. Louis? That's right. Number one, they're the underdogs. Okay. Number two, there's more Canadian players on that team. So you're going for an American team because it has more Canadian players. That's it. Your bias is that much towards Canada that you can't even lie That's about it. it. That's for it. Sure. That's it. All right. Well, yeah. we're, we're we're playing fuck kill Mary, but we're playing them with Boston Bruins this week. Okay, you ready? Yeah. All right. So Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand. Or Zedano Broken Jaw Chara. You gotta fuck one, you gotta oh. kill one, you gotta marry one, Mom. Which which one are you gonna marry? Uh, I guess not Marshawn, the other one. Bergeron. Bergeron. Alright, not that's a pretty good one. He, he looks like a great guy. Hall yeah. of future Hall of Famer as well. Yeah. He's probably the best looking out of them all. Alright, now, so. now, now now you gotta now you gotta kill one. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna kill Chara. Yeah. He played. He played in Ottawa, Mom. I know. I don't care. He's like the epitome of a great guy. That's lovely. I'm glad to hear that. But I'm choosing to kill him. How would you kill him? He's six foot nine. How how would you kill him? Lethal injection. Would I kill him. 
Know. You don't know, but you want to kill Chara. I thought you'd want to marry Chara just because he could just protect you anywhere you want, everywhere you went. Mm, no, no. I never was a big fan of Chara. All right. I, well, I love Chara. I, that wouldn't be the guy that I well, would. You may love him, but doesn't mean I have to. Love I know. Him. So, so you want to fuck Brad Marchand, the little guy? Uh, yeah. All right. So, see. Right over the water. I'm not. I'm not a, a friend. I'm. I'm not crazy. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's a really good player. But he. He looks. I don't know. I guess you never have to see him again. I guess if you fuck him, you never have to see him again. And Char is the I same way. You kill him, he's gone. So, not. Not a. Not. A, not a bad call. Not a bad call. Well. Hope you're well and uh, enjoy enjoy the Raptors tonight. Hopefully. Uh, for both of us, because I bet them, so I won't have enough money to take you out for lunch if if they lose tonight. Um, are you betting? Yeah, I'm betting. I love betting. Why are you betting? Who doesn't love to bet? Are you going to bet on the rap- Raptors? I bet on the Raptors. I bet on them for the series, and I'm betting on them for the game. Plus 5.5 tonight. So if they lose, just hopefully they don't lose by more than 5.5 points. Okay. All right. So okay. when you're watching the game, that's what I want you to think of, okay? Yes. All right. I'll phone you and tell you if I hope it's just a small bet of ten dollars. Yeah, that's that's all it is. Ten dollars. That's that's all that's all it is, ten dollars. Uh mom, thank you. Drambui Island, I love you. And uh enjoy those Caesars. I know you have one right Young and the Restless. What time does it I've start? I've only got one left. What time does it start? Young and the Restless. It starts at four thirty. Four thirty. So that's when it gets opened or does do you have like a pre game Caesar? Five? Five yeah. Easier. All right. And then we get into the wine during the game and hopefully Later. hopefully you can Later. stay hopefully you can stay up for the game. Let's go Raptors. Love you, Mama B. Uh I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Alrighty. Bye bye. Have a good night. That's my mom. <laughs> she is a beauty. No, seriously. I, I took her out I take her out for lunch or dinner uh every week. And got a great fish place that we go to. She usually has a couple glasses of wine or a Caesar along the way. She's got her routine. You get that that old, you get into your routine, and hers is watch some Young and the Restless, have a, a couple Caesars, and then uh, that turns into dinner, and then they go for the wine. Love mama. She loves sports. Loves sports. Pretty opinionated. Uh, she's the best. She's the best. So she's going to kill Chara, fuck Marchand, and marry Patrice Bergeron. I'm okay with that. I'd marry Bergeron too. He's a good-looking guy, made a boatload of money. Love it. Love it. So she's going for Raptors. She's going for St. Louis because they have more Canadians. That's a good way to decipher it. Uh, thanks again to Aaron Asham today. Uh, just an awesome guy. Awesome interview. Going to have him on again because I know there's more stories for him to tell. But uh, such a great guy. So open. Uh, he is who he is. Good, uh, good Manitoba boy. And uh, he was awesome. He was great. Great player. Tough guy. But the stories were were second to none. Uh, I also need to thank my buddy Stefano because uh, Stefano is a business partner of mine in a food uh, industry called the Hunger Cave. And uh, in Canada, we have um, hardware stores, and in rural towns, essentially, we have freezers with frozen food in. And this was Steph's idea. It's doing great. We're in forty-two home hardwares, uh, but uh, I wanted to thank him. Because uh, I had asked him for tickets because I know he has tickets to the Leafs and Raptors. And he hooked me up big time for my Raptor tickets uh, for Game 2 in Toronto. 
uh, again, I, I know that's a big ticket. Um, wanted to pay him for it. And uh, again, uh, he just hooked me up. He hooked me up. Uh, just a great guy, great person, so generous. And I want to thank him so much. Need to find a good way to repay him. I'm thinking a vacation somewhere. So, Steph, I know he listens to the podcast. Um, I know he's been working out because I've been punching him in the ribs a few times and he's getting stronger, but uh, definitely going to have to make it up to him on a vacation. Hope everyone has a great week. Enjoy the NBA Finals. Enjoy the NHL Final. And uh, for those that love PGA, uh, the Canadian Tour, the RBC Open, the Canadian Open. Uh, will be played at Hamilton Country Club. Great course. Great course. And then obviously next week, Tiger returns for U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Place I've never played. I've never, ever played. So my quote of the week, and I actually used it earlier on in the show, and it's for Shawnee. Fuck it. If it walks like a duck, <coughs> talks like a duck, <coughs> it's probably a duck. <coughs> Sean Avery, you're a fucking duck. Uh, Have a great week. Uh, We will talk soon. Lots to get to. By the next time I pod, uh, we might have two champions. We might have two champions. Uh, Sean Avery, still a douche. Sorry. Welcome to come on anytime you want. I'll rip you apart. So come on. I dare you to. I fucking dare you to. Tweet at him. Invite him. I'd love to have him. Matt Barnaby 3636 on Twitter. Matt Barnaby 3636 on Instagram. This was Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby signing off. Cheers. Because it's pronounced Aaron. Son of a bitch! You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Thank you for listening to Unfiltered. Now, fuck off.